You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar Sinai. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. How much fun am I having? Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I can't believe I get paid for this. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. He walks away. He's down. Oh, I love this song. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. It's Amy Winehouse. Tears dry on their own. The number is 877-710-ESPN. The clinic will be open. I want to give you a Clapper Vision before we get into William Refrigerator Perry. The clapper vision for the Achilles tendon attaching to the heel bone, the calcaneus, and what a contusion is all about and why it hurts so much, why we saw that heel contusion causing Anthony Davis have so much pain running down the court. Just right now, while you're sitting, if you're driving, please still hold on to the steering wheel, thank you very much, or you're sitting in a chair listening to me, Go and feel the back of your calf. Squeeze it. Feel how soft the belly of a muscle is. Feel skin. Feel the tendon itself, the fascia that ultimately becomes the Achilles tendon. Those muscles you're squeezing, the width of the calf muscle comes from a muscle called the soleus muscle, which anchors itself to the back of the shin bone, the tibia, and the top of that little bone on the side called the fibula. That's the deep muscle, but it gives the width to the calf muscle. But the muscles you're actually feeling right under the skin that make up your calf muscle, the more superficial muscle, and there's two of them, two heads of the same muscle called the the, uh, gastroc muscle, the medial head and the lateral head, That muscle actually originates from the end of your thigh bone, your femur. It crosses the back of the knee joint. Incredible that this muscle can actually help flex your knee, even though it's your calf muscle, because it crosses the back of the knee. But you can feel how mushy it is, because the material that makes up muscle and fascia that becomes a tendon is an elastic type of collagen. Compare that to the attachment of that muscle tendon fascia to the back of the heel bone. The bone is the opposite. Talk about dual mobility. It's the opposite. It's it's concrete. It's a bone. It's not there's nothing mushy about your calcaneus bone, your heel bone. Well how the hell do you attach the tendon, the ligament, the Achilles tendon to the bone, two different materials. Well, for me, the best clapper vision is a leather belt. Clapper vision. Right, the strap of the leather belt is leather. It's flexible. You can twist it, you can bend it. It curves around your waist. But if you've got a metal belt buckle, It's not going to twist. It's not going to bend. There's nothing flexible at all about a stiff metal belt buckle. Well, how do we attach that leather strap 
flexible, mushy, muscle, tendon, to the bone, to the metal belt buckle. We put holes in the leather belt and we loop it around the metal belt buckle and put stitches in it. That's actually what is holding those two opposite dual mobility, dual structures together are those stitches going through the holes in the leather as the leather belt wraps around and locks in that metal structure. Well, under the microscope, we have stitches. We have that feathery attachment that, uh, that locks the tendon into the bone, the, the stitches that lock the leather belt into the belt buckle. And when you have a contusion, a bruise, you now are softening and weakening and it's painful because those stitches are starting to fail. That's what a bruise is. That's what a contusion is. So he wants to play on Sunday. Great. But we need to be very careful with Anthony Davis. And he needs to be very careful. We need him. We ain't beating Miami without him. But when I see him limping down the court, having to take a timeout because it was so painful, I'm thinking of dual mobility. I'm thinking of opposite requests, which is what makes our body so special. So in the world of sports, the world of football changed one day in 1984 at the NFC Championship game between the San Francisco 49ers and coach Bill Walsh beating the crap out of the Chicago Bears 26 to nothing. And Bill Walsh wants to stick it to coach Mike Ditka even more. So he puts in the backfield his running back, but to stand next to him, a 350-pound offensive lineman to blow a hole in the line so he can run. This is never done before. And trust me, Mike Ditka, the coach of the Bears, did not like losing, and he certainly didn't like it rubbed in his face. Let's go to number one, Steve. Bill Walsh's 49ers were handing it to what was to become one of the most dominant defenses of all time. Pre-Super Bowl shuffle, Mike Ditka's Bears. In the third quarter, Walsh had his guard, Guy McIntyre, line up in the backfield to pave the way for this Wendell Tyler touchdown run. Barrels into the end zone, 49 With the game no longer in doubt, Walsh was still using McIntyre in the backfield, and Bears defensive players were not happy. That just wasn't normal protocol in those days. Just love hearing Pat Summerall's voice call it. Touchdown! That's all he had to say. He was a man of few words, but the words he used were just awesome. And now number two. Up 26 to 10 late in the fourth quarter, it was payback time. So into the game trots rookie defensive tackle William the Refrigerator Perry. All 335 pounds of him to play offense. Except unlike Walsh, Dicka's plan wasn't to have Perry block. off to William Perry playing in the backfield with a minute to go. William the Refrigerator Perry carried the ball. Uh, I think that might be a message to the Angus formation from last year in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. And now Ditka, because of a grudge match, realizes, you know what? This is not a bad idea. 
he can not only be a running back, he could be in the backfield and catch the ball as well as a wide receiver. Number three. Dicka clearly admired his own work because the following Monday night, he went big. And here he comes. Uh-oh. Listen to the crowd. They're giving the football to Perry. Touchdown. Australia Perry spikes the football. And this crowd loves it. They will write songs about William Perry. An overnight sensation was born. The Fridge was the heaviest player in NFL history to score a rushing touchdown. Before you knew it, he was the heaviest celebrity around. The refrigerator. <laughs> the guy who just said go refrigerator is the comedian Bill Murray, a big Chicago Bear fan. Here's, it, here's the soundbite where he becomes a receiver, number four. Dicka and his staff weren't done, though. Two weeks later, against the same Packers that got run over in the end zone, Perry got really involved in the offense. Unbelievable. He goes in motion. They figured he's going to turn up for a block. He just takes off and completely fooled the Green Bay Packers. And the key to William Perry was hang on to that ball. And nobody would, would describe the excitement of seeing dual mobility, seeing a defensive lineman, 350-pound guy, running the football better than Pat Summerall and John Madden. Listen to John Madden. Words are not enough for him to describe what he's seeing right now that this massive man is doing running the football. Number five. Touchdown. Well, he got that new move. You know, he used to just run in there. Now he has this deal where he's going to die. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> the 85 uh, Bears would shuffle their way to Super Bowl 20. The enthusiasm that John Madden had for football was like Emerald Lagasse on the cooking show. Bam! Instead, John Madden says, boom! These guys are like kids again. You talk about young and old. That's a young man in an old man's body talking about football. I just love John Madden. All right, number six. The Fridge did record a sack in the NFC Championship, but let's get real. At this point, all fans wanted to see was the big man carrying the rock on sports' biggest stage. So, of course, Dicka obliged. Perry! That one registered 3.8. Another Super Bowl record, the first refrigerator to score. <laughs> Dick Enberg calling the Super Bowl in 1985. Number seven. The Bears completely dominated the Patriots, 46 to 10. Yet all anyone could talk about was that Perry, and not future Hall of Famer Walter Payton, scored in the Super Bowl. The real story here was that Perry would go on to be a reliable player for a decade in the NFL. He was one of the top run stuffers in the league his final season with the Philadelphia Eagles, starting every week at about 350 pounds. He retired after that season. In fact, Perry would never score again after that magical rookie year of 1985. Yet it was a season that no football fan will ever forget. And now you may ask yourself, did that leave a lasting influence on the NFL? Have we seen 
since then the defensive player playing on offense? The answer is yes. Finally, number eight. Because the fridge and the Bears made football fun. And don't think for a second that his influence doesn't linger. Mallet throws left side of the edge and watch J.J. Watt. Touchdown! Boot by Derek Carr, who lob it for a touchdown caught by Donald Penn! In Chiefs history, there has never been a 350-pound wide receiver for a touchdown. Yep. All because Mike Dicka didn't like Bill Walsh using an offensive lineman in the backfield. How about that? I don't care where the inspiration comes from to think about dual mobility. It's a fascinating subject when you ask for two, not only two things, but two things that are opposite. That's why I love Krispy Kremes. And coming up next, I'm going to tell you the greatest chocolate cake I've ever had. Yep, I say that a lot, but this time it's for real. The number is 877-710-ESPN. We'll do some clap revision. The clinic will be open. But I can't wait to tell you where I tasted the holy grail of chocolate and where you can get it in Los Angeles as a cake. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN.